Welcome to the latest Pink podcast in the Pink Elephant podcast series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to part four of how to take ITIL processes beyond a maturity level of control with Gary Case and Brian Price. One of my favorite topics is around measurements and uh, what we measure, why we measure. Uh, one of the key things is you've got to start this whole process up front of measurements. When we're looking at uh, putting our processes in place, um, any of the courses we talk, talk about and teach is going to talk about right up front, start thinking about what are we going to measure? Why are we going to measure it? How are we going to measure it? Who's going to measure it? How are we going to report on that? And ITSO talks about primarily four key categories of measurements. If you look at these categories, we're talking about compliance, whether it measures really whether or not we're doing something. Performance, how fast are we doing things? Quality, how well are we doing things? And value, and I always like to add words into this one, is what we're doing making a difference to the customer or to the business. Because we do things traditionally in IT, which adds value to us, to our day-to-day -day lives, which we want to keep doing. And the business looks at it and says, I want to pay for that. Anybody run out and bought Vista, the company? Yeah. How many times do we used to do that, run yeah. out and we buy something and when we give it to everybody and they say, but, but, but I don't need it. Go yeah. Chopped it down. Yeah. A lot of marketing campaigns count on that. It's new, so buy it. Well, show me the value. What's in it? Why do I want to buy this? And that's why I'm sort of waiting right now. I want to know what it's going to add to me. Now, you notice in the blue box down here, it says a single measure may, may contain or cover more than one area here. You could get a single measure that talks to compliance and performance. You can really push the envelope here and get a single measure that may cover three of these categories. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I think you're really uh, convoluting your measurements to a point where they really don't mean anything anymore. You're not really sure what it's telling you. The key message I get out of this is you need to have more than one measure for every area, for every process, to look at how well we're doing things, how fast we're doing things. It comes down to the old strategy or talk or discussion around uh, the incident management process and how poorly and miserably we measure service desks generally when, we, when we're talking about how well they do their aspect of incident management. And we'll say, okay, well, your goal today or your goal this week is to clear this many calls every hour. And we're measuring performance. And you know what? They'll do it. You got to clear 5,000 today. Tomorrow we say you got to clear 6,000. They'll clear 6,000. 1,000 of those are the ones they cleared the day before because they didn't do it right. Because all we're measuring there is speed. So we want to get a balance of this. And as far as compliance, are we doing it? Yes, I'm closing every incident record off with a closure statement. Then how many of you have gone back in to search those closure statements and you see, well, how did they fix that? And you look it up and it says, fixed. Yeah, that's useful. So somebody else fixed it once. Now I've got to figure out how to fix it again. When we're talking about planning on what we're going to measure, um, one of the thing, issues that I always have with organizations, and it's our own fault in IT, we've created a nightmare here for ourselves in that IT is so easy to use today, it's so powerful, we can measure anything and everything. We can measure, I mean, so many aspects of the business now that it's confusing. And we lose sight of what we should be measuring. And there's a very standard approach to looking at what should be measured. And really, the first question is, what should we measure, not what can we measure? And unfortunately, we tend to do it the other way around. We look at what can we measure, we measure it all, analyze it all, and we get so caught up in the measurements we don't know what's telling us anymore. 
So we want to look at what's important to us, what's important to the business, figure out what should we measure, then figure out can we measure it. And this is a nice approach to do it this way. I mean, this is a measurement grid. We use this in some of our training courses. Some of you may have seen this measurement grid before. And all we're trying to do with this is get you to put a plan in place on figuring out what measurements are we going to take per process and come up with a list. And we want to first of all determine what is the measure and then figure out what category is it. Is it a value measurement? Is the customer going to see value in this? Are we just measuring performance? Are we just measuring compliance? What is the measure? In this case, we're looking at incident management. Number of incidents resolved outside of service level agreements. You might want to hazard a guess what kind of measurement that is, what category? Compliance, quality, performance, or value? Bit of quality I'm hearing back here. See reference to a service level agreement here. Probably value, too. Would your customers see value in you making sure that all incidents are resolved within what they asked you to do? Within what's in the service level agreement? 90% of the time, target. We've got to agree on that with our customer as well. And what kind of tool are we going to use? So we're also looking at how are we going to measure these different items within these categories. Now, I just want to pop back for a second here, too, because there's some point I wanted to raise on this one. A lot of you are sort of fairly early in your implementation of IT service management. Some of you are just starting this journey. Some of you are just deciding which process to implement first. Um, a lot of times over this uh, conference, we'll hear people asking each other those questions. Which one should I implement first? What's the answer we always give, Gary? Two words. It depends. I don't care which one you implement first, though. Of I these, do. Well, I didn't mean I, from a measurement standpoint. I do, too. I've got uh, my personal preferences. From a measurement standpoint, when you first implement a brand new process, you're going to focus on all of these, but which area do you think you're going to focus on the most? Brand new process into your organization. What do you want to focus on first? Compliance, yeah. Because unless we are sure that everybody's following the same process, our measurements mean nothing. We can't tell whether the process is making a difference or not. You don't for ignore the others, but let's make sure people are all doing it first. And then my personal preference, I would then start move my focus over to performance. Well, as they do it enough, are they getting better and faster at doing it? And then are we making sure we're getting quality and value out of it? So it's almost a, a sort of a, a path I take where here's what I want to focus on, and then the next, and then the next. So plan for this, plan for your measurements. And here's some examples for you. Uh, one of the things I always like to talk about, and again, we don't sell books, but somebody else is out there selling books. The ITSMF, I think, has a bookstore set up. There's a great book, one of the ITO books, that I, I just, one of my favorites, because I use it in all the courses I talk about, which is the green book, the planning to implement book. If you don't have it, get it, would be my personal suggestion. It's loaded with critical success factors, process by process. Key performance indicators, process by process. Everybody keeps asking us, what should we measure? Well, there's a heck of a good starting point for you. Because we're going to tell you, it depends. Where are your issues today? But this gives you a starting point, and at least a list you can look through and pick from and say, oh, this looks good for us. We should be focusing on this. So here's a bit of a list here for incident management, core objective, of course, incident management. 
Fix it fast. That's what I always used to say. Then I learned I was wrong. It's restore it fast. We don't fix anything in incident management, but restore service as quickly as possible. So a couple of examples of core KPIs. Gary, it looked like you wanted to say uh, something. Well, yeah, I just want to say this is on the support, and then the other one is on delivery, which we'll look at. But yeah. you need to think in terms of four layers, okay? Brian showed one of four things that you're going to look at around compliance and performance and uh, quality and value. But you also want to think that at the highest level in your organization, you will have either some kind of a balanced scorecard or IT scorecard. Yep. Okay? That's your end result. That's what everything is going to flow up to. Underneath that, you have to have your critical success factors identified. And that's out of that planning to implement book that you can get critical success factors identified for every uh, process that is there. Underneath that, you have key performance indicators. Okay? And your KPIs, again, planning to implement. You can make your own up, but I mean, they've already done the work. Why would you not want to yeah. take advantage of that? And then underneath that are your activity metrics. Okay? And your activity metrics support into your KPIs. Your KPIs have to support your CSFs, and your CFFs better be in a balanced scorecard arrangement. And at all those levels, you have to ask the question around compliance, quality, value, performance. And you want to have, even at every level, not the activity, you want to decide what activities to measure, and I'll walk you through some of that. But at the KPI level, what do you want to measure and have a balance there? Because if you have too much pressure in one area, it's going to impact the rest. So you're going to be out of balance. You're going to have a great report, and you're going to show, I'm doing good at this, but you absolutely have screwed the rest of the service up and everything else. At the CSF level, same thing, a balance. So you have to think in those four layers here of when you're designing and putting in place your measurement process or looking to improve your measurement process to really get past some things. Because right today, a lot of people, all they do is measure the activities. And by an activity, let's take change management as an example here. In 15 seconds, I'll rattle off. How many RFCs did you receive? How many did you accept into the process? How many by priority? How many by category or change type? How many uh, were approved? How many were rejected and deferred? How many were successfully implemented? How many failed? How many had to be backed out? Activity. Every activity change management does, you could report against that. You want to report against all of it? I hope not. But are there certain things you want to report against, such as number of failed changes? Absolutely, because now that becomes a key KPI for me, because if you're implementing change management, I hope your key performance indicator is to reduce the number of failed changes. That leads to better service quality, which is your critical success factor, which now you're going to have a scorecard that you're going to report against. And so you, got, you really have to put some thought into this because otherwise you'll start reporting against all kinds of things and you have to ask the value that you have. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah. And the alignment is critical as well as all of these then have to support your operational goals, your tactical goals, and your long-term vision. Yeah. Make sure everything's all in alignment. So. One of the things this measurement is going to give us the capability of doing, the integration of the process is going to give us the capability of doing, is working from an, a level where we're just collecting data. And we're all really good at that. We've all got drawer full, drawers full of data in our offices. But data in itself doesn't tell me anything. It's a number. It's a measure. 
doesn't tell me whether I'm better or worse than I was last month. You take that data and you start working it. You start collecting it over time. You start analyzing it and referencing past historical information, and you get to this level now of having some kind of useful information. It's now telling me something. This is where our key performance indicators come in. You know, I can say I um, had five failed changes last month, but I don't know if that's good or bad. If I track it month over month over month and have KPIs now, I can say whether I'm getting better or worse than I was before. It'll tell us whether our process is actually improving things. That gives us information, which then becomes knowledge we can use to react to that, make process adjustments if we have to, or, you know, look at that fourth side of the triangle around people, process, technology, and are people actually adhering or complying to the process? And do we have that discipline to follow it? Will enable us to understand, therefore, then what's happening, what's going on, what's the business doing, and enable us to then, therefore, make informed decisions. And I worked for an organization many years ago where, before they got smart, they had a monopoly on the market, so they could do anything they wanted to customers, not for customers, but to customers. And uh, with all the money they had, anytime they had a major problem, all they did was threw people and money at it, and eventually it went away. They didn't have to do informed decision-making. They just hoped it went away, and eventually it did, and they thought, we're pretty smart. We fixed our problem. But if you ask them how they fixed it, they wouldn't be able to repeat it again. So this is where we're trying to go with this collection of data, move it through the information, knowledge, and understanding stages to give us that capability to make informed decisions. And we followed through here with the incident problem, problem, and change management, because if you understand the integration points, incident management... We want to collect that data. Whether you are planning on implementing problem management or not, you're going to be starting to do integration analysis anyways, because what do you do with incident data today, even if you're only just doing incident management? You look at the data, and you figure out... I have a lot of faith in everybody in here. They all look at that data, and they figure out, wow, there's a whole bunch of incidents like this. Well, you've just done problem management. First step, you've analyzed it. We analyze it, it gives us that information and the understanding and tells us what to fix, what's broken. Change management then moves on forward, looks at that change, approves it for the business, and we move and have those adjustments done to stop those incidents anymore. So the integration of the process is supported by the tool to move down this path. You can't do it without. Yeah, yeah. But again, I want to make sure people are understanding the tool will not, you can't just buy the tool and not do anything else. You know, you've got to have a process for that tool to support. I think I made this point earlier. It's not the volume of information you have, the volume of the reports, as much as the value of those reports. It's got to be the right information. Anybody have their reports delivered and they become a paperweight for you, and then the next month they take that paperweight and give you a new paperweight with new reports? Yeah. What people are in the business in is producing paper. Yeah, I've heard two examples of people who used to be involved doing that and they finally got fed up with it producing those reports and they started just changing the cover sheet <laughs> and then handing it off to their manager to go to their management meeting and present. Two and things. it was months before anybody, nobody did notice until he brought it to her attention. Two things that you can do if you can't, because have you ever tried to take anything away from anyone in IT? It's tough and yeah. it's hard. So a couple things to do is number one is... Uh, from your uh, reporting, if you're not thinking anybody is using anything, start removing reports. Yeah. 
Okay, just start removing them. Pretty soon someone will say, didn't we used to get? Ah, now maybe you have a report that somebody has an interest in. And remember, any report that is there, somebody should be able to make a strategic, tactical, or operational type decision. It should not just be a report for a report. But we find this oftentimes that people will not even look at reports. I worked with one organization and we asked to see copies of their management reports as part of an assessment. We got it and we started looking at it. And they actually had built into the report comics and recipes because nobody was looking at it. They were just having some fun. No, no one was looking. Okay? Or maybe they were looking and they wanted the reports for the recipes. I don't know. But, uh, That's probably the most valuable part in there. You know. But, yeah, just stop sending them. So it's not about what you provide, it's more about how you provide it whether it's going to be, and what it's going to be used for. If there's a use for it, then people will want it. Monthly, provide to senior. What do senior managers like to see? Pictures. Pictures. Colors. Yeah. I like the, um, what do you call it at the, at earlier we were talking? The ARG chart? Oh, the rag. The rag chart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was a new term for me. Gary and I were talking earlier today, and I was talking about these red, red, green, yellow reports we used to see. Oh, the rag chart. Red, amber, green. That's what senior executives want to see. Show me the business in three colors. If it's green, I don't even want to know about it. If it's red, you better have come with me, come to me with plans on how you're going to change it to green. If it's amber, I want to know what is happening in the background right now to try and stop it from turning red. That's what senior execs want to see. The KPIs, activity metrics, can feed into that. We want to produce a summary for each process, make sure that summary reports tells us at the high level how is the process performing. How are people, as far as um, compliance perspective, are they actually following the process now? And um, make sure that we look at how often reports, remember that um, uh, report modeling tool we talked about earlier, report design? You know, how often are we going to measure this too? I mean, frontline person sitting on the service desk, they want to hear how they did yesterday. Their manager wants to hear how we did last week. Their manager of that person wants to hear how we did last month, and the executives want to know how we do in this quarter. Because different levels, different people want different information. Just making stuff. Uh, yeah, might as well sort yeah. it over again. Just making it visible that people are paying attention to what you're already doing, even if you're just starting off, will create improvements. Yeah. Uh, one organization I worked in, senior management says, you know what, we're now looking at these reports that we've had forever, but we've never looked at them. They now become a part of our steering committee on a monthly basis, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to say, we are going to look at you, process owner, because they'd already identified them. You're developing a process. We want you to make sure we get improvements. Simply by having that communication that went out that says steering committee is looking at this, and the steering committee was made up of all the IT directors that they're looking at it, they started gaining in performance and everything at tremendous. Some stuff was anywhere from 30 to 70% gains of increases of value, you know, of reducing this or improving that, simply because people started following their own undocumented process because they knew people were watching it. And even though they had some kind of a process out there, they started gaining tremendous value before they even implemented anything. And it's the same thing. You have to have that same amount of focus when you do go live.
Thank you for listening to part four of How to Take ITIL Processes Beyond a Maturity Level of Control with Gary Case and Brian Price. Please join us next week for part five.